podcast friends, you are getting the first public announcement. The Elegant Excellence Journal Shop is reopening on Friday, March 10th, and we are kicking it off with a live reveal party with myself and you and this beautiful community. So if you currently use, own, and love the Elegant Excellence Journal, you do not want to miss hearing the nine changes I've been working on over the last two years now and how to best embrace the new shifts and additions to the method you are going to love it. If you have tried the Elegant Excellence Journal once but didn't really use it as much as you hoped, you do not want to miss hearing what's new and understanding the value this has had for thousands of people who have reported back this has changed their lives, blessed them on so many levels, and the reason you felt it didn't quite click or work with you, we just may have addressed in these newest updates. And finally, if you are brand new to the Elegant Excellence Journal, have never had one of your own, or even journaling in general, welcome, my dear. Come and hear why this method, my approach approach through the Elegant Excellence Journal Method is different than anything I am aware of on the market, is backed by research and data that proves its efficiency for those who are looking to heal burnout, anxiety, overwhelm, improve your relationships, be confident that you have the best brain and body health, improve your mental and emotional health, self-awareness, self-compassion. There is so much goodness in this method and all of the ways that we support you. So I will share more about that, plus be able to answer any of your questions live and just generally hang out together, which is such a special energy. You know that I love Instagram. I love this podcast. But when we are live together at the same time, responding back and forth in real time with our whole community, there is just a different energy to that. It really is special. So I hope that you will pour yourself a cup or a glass wherever you are in the world on your time zone and take some time to vision cast about the future as you hear the options and opportunities for how I can support you, love yourself and your life a little bit more in 2023 and beyond. So save your seat right now at hillaryrushford.com slash reveal. That's hillaryrushford.com slash reveal. I'll also put that link below. It also will be very soon in my Instagram bio, and I will see you there, my dear, on Friday, March 10th, which is in a week and a half. And I, for one, am so excited. Welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Hello, hello, friend. I know that you and I both struggle from time to time with the feeling of being behind. Can I get an amen? Of having too much to do. You can't get through your to-do list. You want to rest, but there's more to do. You laid out everything in your week, in your calendar. You were trying so hard to be on top of it. Like, why is it just not working? Things get dragged over from day to day. And so you get to the end of the week and you're still so behind. When I first created the Elegant Excellence Journal in 2019, there's an exercise inside called the wand, which is based on cognitive behavioral therapy. So what is your, you start with what's your circumstance on your mind or in your life today? What's weighing on you? What's giving you anxiety? What are you trying to figure out? What do you want to work through? And from there, you say, what, what, 
thought does that trigger? What feeling, et cetera? Can I choose a better feeling thought? So 90% of the time, 95% of the time maybe, four years, ever since I created that back in 2019, my sea line or my situation is my schedule. My schedule. My schedule, which is code for I am behind. I am overwhelmed with my schedule. I can't figure out the perfect schedule so that I don't feel behind. And it's ultimately why I created the journal in the first place, which is a story for another time. But the answer to why we're behind has to do with both the outside and the inside, which is why I think that the Elegant Excellence Journal is unique. Like why my method or approach is a little bit different is because it's just the way my brain works that I see, I live in the gray area. I see the yes and. I see the two-part fashion cocktail, the recipe that comes together. And that, that makes this more of a complex, holistic scenario to approach help, hope, and healing through. So by the outside and the inside, what I mean in this instance is the outside when it comes to your schedule or being behind is school closed for the day because it's a snow day. And now you are trying to work from home while your kids are home and they're going bananas. This is an outside circumstance that happened. Something happened outside of you that threw you off schedule. And the inside is you had a story arise that made you feel insecure or overthink. Like maybe somebody gave you feedback or you saw what someone else was doing or you made a mistake or just totally unrelated, some old story of yours came flashing back and then you started overanalyzing or second guessing or rearranging or micromanaging something that was triggered by your thoughts and feelings on the inside also led to creating a little bit more of your chaos. But neither the outside or the inside is ever going to be perfect. Outside things are going to pop up. Inside things are going to pop up. And neither is solely to, to quote unquote, to blame or to look to problem solve. If we just make the outside perfect or if we just make the inside perfect, the other is still going to arise. So I want to walk us through that in what it looks like in a practical example, such as feeling behind with... A handful of questions here to see how to feel better on the inside and how that then makes things better on the outside. So I found this old note that I'd written. I had taken a photo of my whiteboard one day when this just like came to me and I was thinking what, I was having just another one of those days, what is stealing your time? And I was trying to identify why I was behind, why that week had gone off the rails. And I was um, working with my project manager at the time to just try to process and have some sort of aha that we could learn from, install, and solve instead of just complaining and feeling discouraged, stuck. It's always going to feel like this. Nothing's ever, you know, getting better. And we do that by encouraging ourselves with the truth, with creative problem solving with looking at our choices and making the best one of what's available to us. All of those things that we do in the Elegant Excellence Journal, we do in the process of increasing our self-coaching and our self-awareness. And so sometimes that looks like taking that process that I've then cultivated through the physical journal and doing it 
on my whiteboard or doing it on my online journal or doing it in verbal processing, like using that awareness throughout my day. And so this day, I just happened to open up my whiteboard. I wrote down a bunch of notes and I was like, this is good and helpful. Let me take a photo of this and save this. And then I just came upon it again in a similar scenario and was like, you know what? This is actually really helpful. So I'm going to go on, share it on the podcast and let it help other people as well. So let me just note at the top that a big reason why we're behind is we have totally unrealistic expectations of what we can get done. We are trying to do a hundred units of things in a 40 unit window, and it is just never going to work. So we work through this more in the Elegant Excellence Journal, for example, in my healing burnout course. Like we can go deeper into a lot of these applica- these um, these reasons that really are tied to the inside. It is tied to scarcity, enough, competition unrealistic expectations, et cetera. So there is, I want to note, a deeper level if your reality is it does not matter how well I work, how fast I work. There is, this is just, I'm setting myself up for failure. There's no way that it's ever going to be enough. That's a whole separate conversation we can have about the inside leading to chaos on the outside. But to niche down this conversation today, for me, it is the times when My schedule is laid out and it really looks okay. It should work. I'm, I'm, I've been pretty realistic about tracking my time and I haven't, you know, packed myself out from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. when, of course, I'm going to burn out. Like it, it seemed like the week was going to work. I was really optimistic about this one and yet it's not. And yet going into the week, we didn't think we had too much. So I wrote on my whiteboard, what's stealing your time? And to try to put into pockets and categories the different things that had arisen because I knew what it was. I knew each day, well, this happened, this happened, this happened. But I felt like if I could put them into categories, it would help me to have more of a confident process to approach it rather than it's just whack-a-mole. Yeah, every week a variety of things is going to pop up and it just happens. It's life, right? Like, what are you, what are you going to do? But that's not a very empowering place to be in. So the first category that I wrote down is this can be avoided in the future by X. This can be avoided in the future by fill in the blank. So, for example, we had someone on our team quit without notice. We were working to get them replaced. It was going to take a while. It wasn't going to happen overnight. So we are working to solve this. Now, can I avoid that no one's ever going to quit? No, no, I can't. But this scenario, we are solving for it. We are not just going to be here for the next six months. We had an issue over, um, we had some issue over an invoice that became a lot more complicated and we said, okay, this actually, we just need a different system for this. This was going to our CFO instead of to the project manager. And if we do this process, it would be better because he didn't know that we were talking about this over there, like yada, yada. We just identified there's a system or a process that we could put into place. This is super frustrating now, but we learned something and we're going to do something different in the future. So the answer there is you're learning, you're growing you're adjusting. It's not, I'm a total failure, disaster, disorganized, I'm totally hopeless. There's growth. There's progress. And so I think the answer to that first question that falls into proactive patience. I've got to be patient that this isn't solved now. 
and this this is an issue that's an energy leak and it's it's draining my time right now. So I've got to be patient that it can't be totally solved, but I'm also being proactive because I'm asking what can I put into place to have this happen in the future. Even the person that quit, we were able to say, okay, what are the systems and processes we could put into place? What's the backup we could have so that if this happens in the future, it's easier for us to get someone in there. And I think that leaves you feeling so much more empowered than the victim of this just happened to me when there is that proactive patience, but also the acknowledgement of the patience then says, A part of me may still feel frustrated about this every day because it keeps leaking energy, but I also know realistically I'm doing everything I can. It's just going to take us a beat. It's going to be another few weeks before we're really on the other side of this, but but I'm doing everything I can. I can't be mad at myself. I'm not like taking my eye off the prize. I'm not dropping the ball. It's just there is a, a proactive patience. Second option is this was an unwise choice. This was an unwise choice. I just shouldn't have done that. I just shouldn't have spent my time on that. I just went down the rabbit hole there. Like I just focused on the wrong thing. So first off, I think it's important that when we recognize an unwise choice, we celebrate the self-awareness that we even identified that it was an unwise choice. Like that is a celebration. You are not hopeless. You are not a disaster. You are growing. You see the areas for growth and you have the self-awareness to reflect on that, to want to reflect on that. So I think when we first celebrate, all right, proud of you for admitting that, self, proud of you for catching that, you're right. Wasn't the best choice. Really proud of you for seeing that. Then, because the more I'm burned out, the worse my decision-making is. (laughs) Like, I'm just not going to be as sharp. It's like if you were driving a car and you were exhausted, your reaction time is not going to be as fast, right? You just aren't as sharp as when you are truly awake and the sun is out and you've gotten a good night of sleep. You're going to have a, a, you're going to make a better choice in a, in a quick motion because you are actually awake and aware of what is happening. And when we are burned out, when we have too many tabs open, when we just are like, oh my gosh, every day I'm in this groundhog's day of my schedule and being behind, it starts to make us exhausted. We become exhausted, which means like your eyes, your brain is like closing and imagine being so groggy driving. Of course, you're not going to have those, you know, great reaction times. But... You can't always get less burnt out right now. Like even if you're in my healing burnout course, that is a journey. And so while we are healing that burnout, there is another element of that, which is the self-awareness. And I have grown so much in that area, really starting with using the Elegant Excellence Journal back in 2019 when I created it. And that really started more of that process of being more present with myself throughout my day, more aware of what I'm feeling and why, what I'm choosing as why and why, how I felt about it. So I now journal like sort of at the top of my day, throughout my day, at the end of the day. I may not be using my Elegant Excellence journal all day, but now that I have that lifestyle more so, I'm typing in an online journal throughout my day for swiftness where I'm just holding myself accountable or I'm using my whiteboard to write something down like this when it 
it captures me and, and to capture that. And I verbal process to Jeremy or to my project manager, like, okay, so here's what it wasn't, <laughs> great, um, et cetera, et cetera. I, in my examples of things that are unwise choices would be like, yeah, I just like, I, I kind of got derailed at the top of the day into small stuff. And I'm just realizing I need to have my Asana, which is my project management system, I need to have that organized at the end of the night and not start my day by organizing it. Because then furthermore, when I went in to organize it, I save like anything I need to reorder, like Amazon stuff or whatever on there. And then because it's on the top and I want that quick win of like, woohoo, I checked some things off. I start doing that, but then I ended up in like too long of a rabbit hole because there was something that I wanted to like research before I bought it. And I looked up and it was like gone. So number one, organize Asana end of the day. Number two, when I add those Amazon things on, just put them on the project for the project manager. So or I'm sorry, for my personal assistant. Put them on the personal assistant project. So I'm just not even gonna see it when I sit down for work at the top of the day. That's like a different time of day that I need to come back and look at that. So it's figuring out those small things to say, this was an unwise choice, but what am I going to do about it in the future? It, th- this goes back to number one. What can I do to avoid that unwise choice in the future? But the f- number one of what can this can be avoided in the future by fill in the blank, it may not have been an unwise choice. You may have had no reason to be worried that thing was going to happen, create a process for that, no way you could have protected about it. This one is you might have been able to put something in place and therefore out of the unwise choice, you're going to do that. And now again, we have that sense of, well, we're being proactive. We are proud of ourselves. It's like a proactive pride. I am proud of myself for noticing what was happening and wanting to do better. And I'm going to be proactive to put something into place. But also, I celebrated my self-awareness. And so this wasn't filled with the same element of shame. It was filled with a sense of pride that we're even noticing and making these wiser choices. Third category is unplanned but purposeful for my 12-month priorities. Unplanned, but purposeful for my 12-month priorities. What fell under this category was my dad called, which is rare for him to call during the day. And many times I won't have my phone in my room, It'll in my office, it'll be in the other room, or it'll be off and facing down and I just won't see it. This day, I happen to see it, happen to be in here, happen to be turned on. And I could say, oh, I have a boundary that I don't answer during the day. But since it doesn't happen regularly, it's not like this is an issue where my dad calls me five times a day, because it's not a a recurring issue or, or a boundary, my family is a priority. And so as I was reflecting on what got me off schedule this week, I was like, well, I don't regret that. Like, if I I don't regret having talked to him, it turned out he was like sick and he was filling me in, that he'd been to the doctor and yada yada. Didn't regret that conversation. Really glad that I answered and he could um, fill me in. So if I don't regret it, then the policy isn't don't answer. The policy is honor that not all of your priorities are going to be scheduled. It's not realistic that you would make space for all of them because life just happens. So you want to allow a bit of flow if this is a 12-month priority. And 12-month priority meaning spending more time with my family is absolutely a priority. Wanting to talk to my parents more, et cetera. I'm not at a place where I'm like, you know what? 
I feel like I answer too often during the day and I need to to set a boundary there. Or, you know what, I speak to him for an hour recurring every single night. That priority might be getting satisfied and maybe now isn't the time. For me, I felt like that feels aligned with the kind of person I want to be, that I don't have a will not answer the phone for family policy during the day. You know, how do we find that balance? Another thing that came up is I created a system and process for something in our business that it was unplanned. We had maybe an hour set aside for me to do this specific task. And once I got in there, I realized we really need a broader system and process for this. And I just had an idea. And as I was working on it, it just started flowing. It ended up being four hours on that project. But I had, in the moment, I was thinking, there's no reason for me to stop this. We need this. This will save us more time over the course of 12 months that I'm doing this right now. And yes, we're going to have to adjust the week because these three hours were planned for something else, but this wasn't an unwise decision of wasting time on something. This wasn't perfectionism. This was wise foundation laying. And if it happened to arise when my dad calls, when I'm in the flow, it really gets back to your bigger picture vision, your why, what matters to you, why you're doing all of this, whatever the things are that are on your plate, you are doing them to feel creatively satisfied, to increase your income, to be present for your family, to use your gifts, like all of those things. We lay that all out in the Elegant Excellence Journal, for example, in the portrait, that that first core section where we're really doing the vision casting, looking to our past, our future, our present, really trying to identify what matters to us. Because when we're clear on that and what our real priorities are, which again, to go back to the caveat I had at the top, you can have too many stated priorities. Just like you can have 100 units of things you're trying to do in a 40-unit week, you can have 82 top priorities, and that's never going to be realistic. So we do have to say there is a first step here where we are culling the excess. We are being a little bit more essentialist. We are creating more realistic expectations for ourselves. But what is left feels satisfying because we know it's the right ones. And so when we can see the long tail of why, we're really clear on the few things that matter most to us. We know where we want to be a year from now, three years from now, five, 10 years from now. We can then be more okay that the short term of this day or this week didn't go great, and we're going to be honest with that, but in 12 months, we will be closer to where we want to be. It actually didn't take us off the bigger picture path, and finding that balance, I think, is really healthy because, again, if we have too many priorities, then the path is just going to be too broad, and we could just be going swooping and swerving willy-nilly in all sorts of directions, and we're not going to get someplace meaningful 12 months. But if we have a clear vision because you've used the portrait, you've used the path, like these other tools that many of you have done with me inside that journal to get that clarity, now that we know the priorities, we can say, all right, that wasn't planned. Even like going back to the snow day, when you're like, you know what? Snow day wasn't planned, and it got me off and behind on my week, but I decided to make the best of it. I decided that what feels really purposeful to me 12 months from now in the broader scheme of my life is my kids having great core memories with me. And so I just decided that I was going to take a half day that day and whatever. 
that might feel like it was the fulfilling thing, or it might be they were angry, they were grumpy, they were watching movies, whatever, but I know I am fighting to get us out of debt as a family so that we can move into a better school system or whatever. So this is aligned with my 12-month priorities. It was unplanned that I had to deal with the, the chaos of the kids, but by staying focused on my work and being like, whatever, they watched three movies back to back, I stayed aligned in my purpose. And I think you can see here this, this inner outer play that we're looking at what happens on the outside. Should I pick up on this call from my dad? Should I take the day off and spend the day with the kids? Should I give them all of the screen time and continue to work? Like we're making outside decisions, but for inside reasons. And how we approach those inside leads us to either feeling more shame and frustration and like a victim and failure or more peace and pride and grace in how we're adjusting or the calls we're making on the outside. So category number four is planned and honored. This was planned and I honored the time I had for it. I said I was going to do that from 2 to 3 p.m., and I did do that from 2 to 3 p.m. I said that I was going to finish that by Thursday night, and I did finish that by Thursday night. Obviously, this is amazing when this happens, but how often do we not celebrate that? Do we not focus on how well we did on those things? Because biologically, our bodies and our brains are wired against us in this capacity. They are wired to focus on what are our weaknesses, what didn't work, where could I improve so that I can stay evolving, so that I can stay safe. It's what we're naturally prone to be looking at. And that's why self-coaching means cheerleading for yourself, mentoring yourself. You know, at the end of certain sections in the Elegant Excellence Journal, we have a champagne toast, which is like a record of what did I do or accomplish this month, this season? What am I most proud of? But I think even more than that running list, which can tend to be the bigger things, like I finished that launch and I, you know, achieved this goal or whatever. But even more so for me, it is the small daily things, the small daily cheerleading and celebrating myself that I have really noticed makes a difference because my negative self-talk can be so loud, so mean. I think I realized this more in being in a relationship the last six or so years. I'm trying to think how long Jeremy and I have been together. I think really living with someone who sees me in those moments when I'm so frustrated and can reflect back, like the way you talk about yourself is so extreme when you were in one of these spirals. And I know that it is not just me. The more that I've journaled, the more that I have slowed down, the more I understand myself, uh, the more that I observe myself and can be like, oh, look how you just did that a little bit better than last time. Or, oh, look how that felt a little different. Like The more I'm pumping myself up when I do well, not just tearing myself down when I'm disappointed. And when I think back to myself like five years ago, let's say, like before I created the Elegant Excellence Journal, when I felt like I was just really at the peak and the height of, I am trying everything under the sun and it still feels like my schedule is so the issue. How do I get out of constant overwhelm and behind? 
I really was focused so often on what wasn't working, what I wasn't doing well, where I was falling short, where I was out of ideas, where I was disappointing myself. And really, since creating this lifestyle sort of of self-coaching, which started with the LX Journal, I am so much kinder to myself in my thoughts, even when it comes to my schedule. And then number five is life. Just just life. It happens to everyone. The caveat here is, yes, life is going to happen to everyone and throw you off your schedule. Your computer crashed or your you got the stomach flu or your kid did. You can't game plan for it in the future where you're like, okay, number one, we're going to like prep for this. Uh, we're going to avoid this in the future by fill in the blank. Number two, uh, uh, from above, you didn't do anything wrong. This wasn't an unwise choice. Number three, there's no long-term priority win that you can be like, well, hey, look on the bright side or whatever. Um, and number four, the day was not what you planned, so you didn't honor that. So you go through all these four and you're just like, okay, well, this sometimes this is just life, but I'm finding that when I am in the stage where I am just repeating, I'm behind, I'm just behind. Like, can you relate to that? You're saying it to yourself, you're writing it in your journal, you're telling it to whatever friend you're talking to. You know, people are like, how are you? You're like, oh, just busy, just busy, a lot going on. How are you? Like, hey, how was your day? I mean, I just feel like no matter how hard I work, I'm just always behind. When I get into saying, thinking, repeating that again and again and again, and something happens, which in my case, most recently, has been construction in my building. I shared about this many months ago, but friend, it is still going on. We like took a break for the holidays and we're back. Like jackhammering many, many, many floors down because I live in a high-rise building. We're on a high floor. This is on the in the uh, ground floor of our building. And yet it is just so loud and so incessant and all day. So my schedule is being derailed because there is this pounding and I can't focus and I'm getting a headache. But on the days when I have already been in this, like I'm behind, I'm overwhelmed, et cetera, it feels like the last straw, the final straw, where I'm just like, I cannot control anything. Like everything just feels, I feel not empowered in any way. And I'm really noticing a correlation as I look back over the handful of weeks at the beginning of the year here and I look at my different patterns. I'm noticing that when I take my morning time to center with myself, to reflect, journal, verbal process, like whatever that is, maybe for you it's listening to a sermon, it's reading a self-help book, it is praying, it's meditating, it's stretching, it's taking your walk, but it's really that time with myself where I am looking to better myself and better understand myself. And I'm taking time to hear from my own thoughts. I'm not just listening to a sermon and then not taking time to reflect on it. I'm not just going to a workout class and they're telling me what to do, but I'm also hearing from my own thoughts, which is really what it took the Elegant Excellence Journal for me to be able to do. That then I'm in that lifestyle of self-coaching and self-awareness and I stay so much more calm and leak less energy and I better pivot in those moments when that happens. So for example, in January, with having this team member gone, so I was basically covering two jobs, I was getting burnt out and I was missing more of those moments. I was skipping that time in the morning to start work earlier or I was just 
too exhausted, like we talked about, you know, when you when you're driving and you just don't have the reaction times. I just was so tired throughout my days because I was working too long of hours. I was just carrying too much energetically. So I just wasn't making as sharp of choices. I was just fuzzier around the edges. I wasn't, when I am really awake and I'm like online journaling to myself all throughout the day, being like, okay, we did this, we got off course, but it's okay because blah, blah, blah. Like I'm just really being my own coach throughout the day. When I get fuzzy and tired, instead I'm just like, I don't know. Like I just don't have the answers. So I noticed on one of those days, it was like the end of the week, I think maybe you it was a Friday or, yeah, I think it was a Friday. And it just like, you know, things are adding up throughout the week. They're adding up throughout the month. And construction started again in the morning. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to get out of here. It's going to drive me crazy. I've got like, you know, two hours until I have a meeting. So let me just like get out of the house. I don't normally do this. So I go to a new coffee shop by us that I've only been in once and I've only been in briefly. I sit down at the coffee shop, I start to work, I then have to pee, and then I realize they don't have a bathroom there. (sighs) You see where this is going probably. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to leave. I have to leave. Like I have to pee. I can't sit here for another 90 minutes. I'm not going to leave my stuff here, walk home, get in my elevator, go upstairs, come back down, come back. So I just have to take my very expensive latte that I could have just made myself at home and just go home now. Like then I truly, guys, I end up, I walk into the apartment and I just burst into tears because I'm like, I didn't have the time to lose. I thought I was making a wise decision for myself. I obviously didn't think it through. I just didn't pay attention. I didn't factor in, hey, you're going to a new coffee shop. You you haven't used to work from coffee shops all the time, but you haven't done that in years. Are you sure they have a bathroom in this one? Like that's going to be a factor. And so I just noticed that even the life things, when I am self-coaching myself more, when I have more of that self-awareness because I'm being more present in how I'm approaching these things, then even the life stuff isn't so hard and heavy. It is much less likely to leave me in tears. So I invite you to take these five categories. I will list them out below so you can look at them and really consider your day or your week if you're feeling behind. Like what the things that came up that pulled you off course, which of these categories did they fall into? And again, your awareness may be, I just had way too much on the plate. No worries. We can solve that. We'll go back a step. We do that in Elegant Excellence Journal as well. But if you're realizing it was, I didn't expect this. I didn't plan for this. I didn't have this on the list, et cetera. What are the categories that they go into? And let me just touch on these one more time in in the in a different order. So the first one is life. There's just, that happens to everyone. These things are going to happen. We want to accept that. Like construction happens, flus happen, snow days happen, tech issues happen. But the more present that we've been, the better it is. The, the times that we fall into meltdown, if we start to look back, we realize, I was getting too burnt out. I wasn't being present enough with myself. That's why this was the straw that broke the camel's back. Number four was planned and honored. We don't just want to 
plan things and honor them, we also want to celebrate it because we focus so much more on what goes wrong. And this encouragement is really vital to be able to categorize these things and leave us feeling better and more empowered. So that leaves three things. And only one of them is, quote, bad, which is the unwise choices. But again, that same self-awareness that celebrates when you planned and honored things also celebrates when you notice the unwise choices. So now there's less shame with that voice in your head now. You're proud of yourself when you do well. You're proud of yourself for noticing when you don't do well. And now we're bringing more of a lightness, encouragement, and ease, and energy. Then we get to, is it purposeful in the next 12 months? Like, you get your head out of the minutia where we are micromanaging our lives that always feels exhausting. It just isn't meaningful. It's not purposeful. You're just like a, a, you know, a mouse in a maze with cheese. And eventually you're just going to have times of like, why? Why am I working so hard? What is all of this for? But when you are more focused on the real whys in life, you can ease up with yourself because you notice things that don't have anything to do with laziness or lack of control, which are probably our two biggest fears, right? We're either afraid it's not working. My schedule isn't working. I'm behind. I'm overwhelmed because I'm lazy. I am not working hard enough. It's it's some fundamental flaw in me. Or life is just out of control. It doesn't matter how much I try. I'm always going to feel out of control. And both of those sit on the foundation of hopelessness. I, I am fundamentally flawed. The world is fundamentally flawed. Like either way says there's nothing that I can, can do here. But instead, these shifts are saying you are making wise choices, like in our 12-month priorities, you are making wise choices for your big, beautiful life, your, your real meaningful life, not just today. And then that gets me into hopeful. I'm hopeful about the future. I'm hopeful about my ability to make wise choices. I'm hopeful about where I'm headed. And then that last one is proactive patience, where you're solving the problem. It is a bummer that this happened, but you are empowered to take some sort of action. You're going to put a new system and process in place. You're going to do some backup. You're going to have that lived experience for the next time. And can you hear how reviewing these five can feel like such an empowering, encouraging, hopeful energy instead of one that leaves you feeling like a victim or a failure or out of control or like just that defeat that I have felt so many times of, I don't know how I'm going to make this, I don't know how I'm going to make this any better. I don't know that this is ever going to work. And I still have those times and those moments. It's so important to me that you know that. I just have them less. And they're, they are less aggressive. <laughs> I am, I am sh- I'm shouting less at myself. And they last for a shorter period of time. And then I'm able to pivot out of them. Because learning to be, learning to be kind to ourselves <laughs> is a long journey. And I am so encouraged by how much I have grown over the last few years, last handful of years or so. Or more, but I also see there is so much more to go. But even if it's not every moment at every day, if it's if it's a week where I'm doing this well, if it's a day, if it's a part of the day, I notice more when I'm choosing these better feeling thoughts 
which gives me better energy and clarity to then go do more rather than feeling like I should just quit today and start over tomorrow. <laughs> like, does anyone else have that? That is usually my go-to of like, that's my daydream on days when I just feel like this is never going to work. The world's always going to be against me. I'm never, I'm not good enough to be able to figure it out. I'm like, can I just quit now, even though it's two o'clock, even though it's 11 a.m., and just start earlier tomorrow? I just need to like sleep it off and regroup with that energy. And that, that is the strongest when I have disorganized, discouraged, burnout brain that is just tired, understandably tired. So rather than forcing her to work harder, what I try to do and that these questions are an example of is I try to work more well. That that's what this is. That's what the Elegant Excellence Journal and self-awareness and my healing burnout course, my Elegant Excellence community, it's working and living more well. Like not being harder on yourself, but also not just throwing in the towel but noticing what thoughts and actions make you feel better. If I was feeling really discouraged and then I asked these five questions, did I end up feeling a little bit more optimistic and a little more hope? Did I feel like I had a bit better handle on it and now I authentically felt better on the inside that was going to lead to better actions on the outside because I actually started more with kindness rather than berating myself or going into total overwhelm that I know is only going to make me feel worse in the end. Am I able to use my tools and my reserves? Do I have enough reserves? Because I'm not burnt out enough. I'm not discouraged enough. I've done a little bit of that healing work so that I now can use these tools to say, okay, what is going to make me feel better? What thoughts and actions, or in this case, what questions, what way to approach this conversation from a new angle? If I keep coming to, oh my gosh, my schedule, can I approach it from a fresh angle of looking at these five categories and walk away thinking, okay, I feel a little bit less hopeless than I did when, you know, 30 minutes ago before I started this. I've got a little more hope and I hope that this approach helps you. I'm going to put those five questions below in the description as a cheat sheet. And I would love to hear on Instagram how this helps. If you will send me a DM, if you're in the Elegant Excellence community and you have follow-up questions to this, please come post them in the group for myself and the crew to see. Let's keep untangling. Is there a sixth question or possibility that we can be asking? Is there a new resistance that your brain pops up with? Or what are the applications in your life that you ran it through these five and found, oh my gosh, this really did change my energy. And as I did it one week, and then I did it another week, and then I did it another week, and things started to feel a little lighter, which is always my hope for us all. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is having friends that are a similar circumstance as you are. I had conversations with two girlfriends today that are in a really similar scenario that I was in within the last year and that they're both walking through right now. And it just is such a gift. Number one, we always talk about like finding the purpose in your pain. And I think when you go through something 
hard or challenging, but then you can at least share it with someone else. So they go, oh my gosh, I feel so much better hearing you say that, like that really validated. I realize that I'm not alone. I feel so much better that somebody could really understand. I think that's healing to me to be able to share. And then it's also healing to be able to listen and go, oh, I too wasn't alone. Somebody else has that. And maybe the circumstances are slightly different, but I'm so amazed by how many of the key threads will be there in common. That you can have different circumstances, different examples, but if you really look at, here's what I'm really upset about. Like the problem really was the disrespect or the problem really is the the lack of control or the problem, like those sorts of things, kind of like we did in this episode when you can kind of get to the root of, okay, here's, it was about It was about an email. It was about a negative response. It was about an outcome that I didn't want. Like, here's all the specifics. But at the root, what was really happening was I felt devalued. I feel unsafe. I feel stuck and unsure which direction to choose. And when in that, you can say, oh my gosh, I felt that same thing. My circumstances were different because in my case, like this email thing and blah, 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 blah. But the root of yeah, I think I just, I felt so misunderstood and that was maddening. And someone can say, oh my gosh, I feel that too. Like, I think we all know that instinctively, but when you have a scenario in your life that you haven't talked to a lot of people about, that you don't know a lot of people that have been through, and when you find that, it is just so, it is such a comfort. So I just want to share that today to encourage you if there is something that you are wishing you had more people to talk to about it, um, to to search people out, to pay attention to stories, to you know reply to someone's DMs, etc. Like these are the two girlfriends I mentioned are both women that I became friends with on the internet in the last couple of years, and now we're you know texting and sending voice memos because I just originally started following them, not even because we had some specific story in common, Um, but looking for those and seeking those out, like manifesting it, journaling about it, praying about it, proactively looking for it. And then also on the flip side, if you have that story and you have the ability to share it or to pay attention when someone else is going through it, I will sometimes DM total strangers that somebody reposted their stories and I don't follow this person, but I click through and I see something on their stories and I'm like, oh, I just want to tell her that I've actually been in that same position. It's not something I share about publicly or it was was a while ago or like, oh, actually, this thing just happened to me. And I just think seeking out more of that connection, you can be proactive of gifting it to other people and you can be more proactive about seeking it for yourself. But it really is such an important part of, such a beautiful part of healing, of living well, of giving ourselves grace, of, you know, our inner child being seen, all of those things when we have someone else that we can connect with. And it does not have to be in person. It doesn't have to be lengthy. It doesn't even have to be regular. It can just be one time you had this conversation and you made each other feel seen. So I hope that you, my dear, as well, felt seen in this episode. And I am so grateful you are here. I will see you right back here next Wednesday with Grace and Gumption. Till next Wednesday.